0: Hey, I'm Jeffrey. I'm Craig Killian. And this is the From First to Last podcast. This is a From First to Last podcast. It's a podcast where my friend Craig and I, we get together each week. We work our way through a director's theatrical filmography from their first film all the way through to their last. And Craig, it's our season wrap. Season wrap. Who, who have we talked for season five? Ron Howard. It's Ron Howard. Ronnie Howard. We have talked. This is our 20, the red man himself. 27th full length episode about Ron Howard. God damn Dang! And we oh, were very man. ambitious at the start. We very. dropped probably five mini episodes about Ron I Howard. I know,
1: man. I'm just fed up if he's saying the word Ron Howard. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love, I love your Ron, man, and I love your impact on uh, Hollywood. But
0: you're not the one that's been typing his name at real Ron oh, yeah, Howard true. every time we do something <laughs> on social media. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtags. I feel like everything,
1: just Ron Howard.
0: Yeah, Ron Howard.
1: Ron Ron yes, yes,
0: yes. Uh, we have been part of a Facebook page where we occasionally interact with Ron Howard fans and they are quite fervent fans on this yeah, site. Yeah, man, pretty hardcore. Uh, Good one, dudes,
1: though. Yeah, they are. Like they're, they're, not, are. They're, not very, they're not toxic at all.
0: No, they're very They're very uh, healthy yeah, in the way they communicate. Dudes. Some are often telling Ron Howard what his next movie should be. Oh, yeah, some of them actually think Ron Howard reads the post. I've got a script. Hey, Ron, thank you for
1: joining the group. I really loved you in this. Hey, here's that photo I took with you. Remember that? Yeah. "Ah, Are you going to break it to him?
0: No one ever breaks it to him. No, no one does. No one at all. But do you know what? Funny little thing. Do you ever have those pages that get suggested to you on social media? Like, you should join this group? So I was just scrolling through the other, a couple weeks ago now, probably a month or two. And I accidentally pressed join group. As I was scrolling, I just hit it like an old man. And I got joined. I got requested to join a Pee Wee Herman appreciation group. Oh, wow. And the worst is I was like, oh, well, you've got to answer a question. Yeah. So I'm not going to answer the question. Then I'm never going to join. After a week, they let me in without even answering a question. I've had a one like that too. And so I get bombarded daily on social media with Pee-wee Herman crap, who the? I I I think once again, I think Pee-wee
1: Herman is a very American thing. I never understood him. No. Nah, I know me I find him. I seriously, to this day, the funniest thing he ever did was masturbate in the theatre. <laughs> and if I could, seriously, that's the only, that's the funniest thing he's ever did. Apart from that, man, I wouldn't know any of his other work. Apart from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I thought he was sort of funny in that. He popped up on
0: series. a couple episodes of Blacklist. Seriously. Ah. As, a, as a, a hitman.
1: Paul Rubens.
0: He was a germophobic hitman.
1: Ah, oh, okay. Not
0: bad, but I watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure once, the first Tim Burton movie. Ah, oh, yeah, okay, I've, cool. I've watched that once, and I remember afterwards just being like, what the heck did I just watch? Yeah,
1: see, so it's those weird ones, like Ernest Goes to Camp. Oh, uh, yeah. I've got
0: a soft spot Larry for Larry the Ernest. Cable Guy. <laughs> Ernest, we used These... to watch a lot growing oh, up. Oh, really?
1: Yes. Man, I can't. I can't Ernest do it. scared stupid. Oh, really? Yeah, I there did... were heaps of them. How, like, he just, this, this dude just seems like he was, like, 60 years old and has remained <laughs> that
0: age for three years. <laughs> Poor old He's, like, a grimly. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I'm stuck copping all this Pee Wee Herman garbage, there are so many people on those pages that have got tattoos or carry the doll around with them everywhere they go. I
1: don't understand what's a doll. What do you mean?
0: Like a Pee Wee Herman doll. Like a ventriloquist dummy version of Pee Wee Herman.
1: Wow. Those people are scary. Yeah.
0: It's crazy. They'll be like, or they'll put a photo of like a red bike and... I'm assuming he loves his red bike. It's been so long since i I think I've I know that bit.
1: I think I remember that bit. It's and like so a super bike or something. Someone
0: like will see a bike similar to it in the street and be like, oh my gosh, it's such and such bike. Wow. I yeah. should do that on Ron Howard. side. So
1: like just take photos of redheads. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God, look at wringer, man. He just reminds take me a so photo much of Ron of, Howard. Take a photo of Brooke and be like, it's Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's Bryce Dallas Howard. We love you, Brooke. <laughs> I don't know her name would be Bryce Curry Howard because she was, you know, she was conceived in curry.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So bad. So, Craig, we have got to our final episode of the season. Yep. 27 episodes this season. I know, madness, isn't it? We've given people at home half a year's worth of content. I know. Enjoy, Seriously, friends. If, if you've
1: listened to all of these and you leave and go, and someone goes, have you heard of Ron Howard? You can punch him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, we were very ambitious at the start of. So for those, if this is your first episode, thanks for listening. Weird episodes to jump on yeah. <laughs> We've got some great ones out there. Yeah, there's some great check ones. Out. Hey, look,
1: this might be great as well, but it's, it's an odd choice.
0: Speaking of great episodes, last week we had a great time talking solo with our guest, Glenn Fredericks. Yeah, Glennie, man. What a legend. Hey. Newcastle's luckiest Star Wars fan. Luckiest. As he, t- as he told us. We're not allowed to call him the biggest. Okay. But check that out. Solo was a great episode. Uh, but we, two years ago, Craig... We sat down actually two and a half years ago, and yep. we named a list of directors we'd love to talk about their stuff. Yep. We wrote five down. Our aim was just to get to five directors. Yeah. We We get through the filmography of five directors.
1: Because because we, because we also realised how lazy we like we lazy we thought we were. Yes. And we'd be like, yeah, we maybe we'll probably
0: only hit three. Yeah, yeah. I. And then life will kick in. But we're still going. Fuck. It's two years later. I'm surprised myself, release. man. This is our 83rd episode, Craig. 83rd, man. That's that's 160-something hours. We've probably dropped, we'd be close to 10 mini-episodes or maybe 15 mini-episodes. Do you know, like, someone
1: could take all our voices and actually just, like... Piece it together. Piece it <laughs> together and create a whole vocabulary on us. <laughs> probably. Awesome. It's perfect. Awesome. There's a mad Black Mirror episode like that.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And oh, it's got so um,
1: the lady who plays Peggy Carter.
0: Oh, Elizabeth um, Moss, no. Peggy Carter. Oh yeah. Um, um, Atwell. Ah
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. Haley Atwell, That's and it's it. got um Domhnall Gleeson.
0: Oh, I love Domhnall Gleeson. Watch it, man. It's freaky as shit. I have to check it out. yeah I have to. But so we we named five directors. Yep. We started off with Robert Zemeckis. Bobby Z jumped in as Zack Snyder. Zacky, yes, <laughs> that that hesitation there, Craig. I pick it up. <laughs> I love how John, John, my
1: brother, is coming and goes. You guys just sound so burnt by the whole, <laughs> um, by the whole Zack Snyder and finally getting his cut and everything like that. And I'm like, yeah, because you guys were just so wrong. Okay, oh, well, we weren't really wrong. Yeah, sort of.
0: We were wrong, and we're happy to admit that we, we said it would never happen, but I think we had quite a lot of merit as to why we would feel that way. It oh, wasn't okay, we were wrong. I was just success. It, it wasn't about us saying that Snyder's a hack and he shouldn't have movies. No. It's like from a business sense, it is such an anomaly for this to happen, hence why people are so scared of the Snyder Cut happening. Yeah. Because of the precedence it sets. Oh, man, it's going to be a
1: mad precedence. Oh, look, it's it's only a precedence as much as the people want to throw money into it. Yeah. You know That's what true. I mean? That's true. Um, it's not like the directors are going to go, oh, yeah, but what about this? You know, you know, it's only because HBO were looking for something to bring on a huge crowd of people. Something divisive. That was never, go, I, I look, my opinion, never going to be made until HBO is like, well, we need something else to bring people on. And they're like, well, let's get this on. We'll get all all the Snyder Cup people, which is,
0: you know, a couple of mil. Spring yep. month, done. That's exactly It's a great right. plan. It's a
1: great idea. Yeah. I, I think it's a great idea.
0: It's a really clever way. And by making it a four part mini series, yeah, exactly. Ensures that people will be on for at least two months. Yep. So, you know, it's a I hope very. it does well. Very clever business. I look forward to watching. Plus, Ben
1: Affleck's back in the bat suit again. I know for the Flash paradox. I know. Did you
0: see the Spider-Man news this week?
1: Oh yeah, how weird! With Jamie Fox coming back as Electro.
0: But have you heard why? But so the, they're,
1: they're they're doing a. Um, they're the setting up
0: the multiverses. Yeah. And supposedly he's going to be mentored by Doctor Strange.
1: Who? Jamie Fox?
0: No, um, Tom Holland. Ah, oh. So Peter Parker is going to be mentored by Doctor Strange And Doctor Strange shows him the multiverse And they've already started negotiations with Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield I did hear that And it will feature all past villains from Spider-Man films
1: Awesome and It would be awesome if John Malkovich just showed up
0: Well the aim is it's all leading toward towards a Sinister Six film Oh well, that makes sense So
1: So we're going to get Paul Giamatti as Rhino again Maybe that was Would that you was an opportunity. W- will you water.
0: get a um? I can't even think of his name the that seventies show guy, um, as Venom, or will we get Tom Hardy as Venom? Tom Hardy, so maybe you get two Venoms. That's a weird. Venoms, man. So it's really interesting to see. He was a horrible Venom. Very he Weasley
1: was easily Venom. Yeah,
0: I didn't like him as Eddie Brock. No, at all. not at all. Eddie Brock was more like a um. The guy that played Sandman,
1: yeah, Eddie Brock's a tank as a dude. Yeah. As a,
0: he's drawn like a tank, man, yeah. even without it. So I always thought, in the Sam Raimi's, which our third director was Sam Raimi, Kate in Rhames. the Raimi's Spider-Man films, yeah, MJ is with J Jonah Jameson's son, who's yep. the astronaut. Yep. I always thought he, Kiwi would, actor, he would become Venom. That, oh really? So he would have had a great look for Venom.
1: He's he's a good he's good luck. He went on to he Vampire Diaries and the Originals.
0: Oh really? Mm. Oh so good. So that was our third season director. Yep. We talked talked that and that's what's going on in Spider Man at the moment, Craig. The room well, is, awesome. Uh, for you there. Love you, Spider Man. Uh then we went on to season four. We talked Joe Carnahan. Yeah, Jojo. We had a good time talking that. I think it's there's some episodes in there. Check out the Grey, Smoke and Aces. Oh yeah, The grey. There were some great films in there. Yeah. Um Love so, it. John so still it. hates it. Does he? The Grey. He hates the Grey. Because of no happy ending? I don't know. I don't know. I'm
1: sure he said something something disparaging about the Grey.
0: Talk to me about it, John.
1: Yeah, John. Talk to me. Get on there. Talk to me while Craig's not joining in on our group chat. Join in on every group chat, man. Fuck you guys go for ages, hey? <laughs> and he's just talk and he's talk, and I was like, ah, oh, shit, man, I can't.
0: Because we're friends.
1: I know you're friends. But I don't just like shit. <laughs> I can't keep up. Do you see how lazy I am sometimes? I just do a big fucking thumb. <laughs>
0: yeah, you do. Not <laughs> a even, big thumbs up. Not even one of the colored I ones. Just, I just want you to know that
1: I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> we well, you see you, little.
0: Your I little know, audience. but
1: this is just me going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just the dude who holds a drink in a corner. Go, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Or you hey two just chatted out. We, I
0: thought we were here to watch movies. Um, he's just, just night hours the both years. We are. And he's just, just chatting oh, i got a baby. We sit up till 11 so you can feed him and <laughs> then go to sleep. I'm by eight. <laughs> Old man Killian. Oh, man Killian. Old man, I'm just man Killian. That's cranky. Oh, Ryan, Jeff and John. Oh, fuckers, fuckers. So that brought us to season five, which awesome. is Ron Howard. Oh, I really haven't heard that word before. And... What we really didn't do when we chose these directors was sit go down and have a look at how many films they did. We oh, we look did on a paper, man. It seems pretty easy. That's exactly right. And you see films on there and you go you look at say a Zemeckis filmography yeah. and you go, "Oh, wow, there's like some five there's five massive films on this." Yeah, exactly. You look at Sam Raimi's, you're like, "There's five or six massive films on this." Yeah. Ron Howard Ten massive films. Ten massive on. films on this.
1: But you also got to realise, ten massive films, there's 17 uh,
0: films <laughs> on there. <laughs> 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 <is a> fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had a great time talking. So should I we have. should we get into the wrap-up, Craig? Let's wrap it Let's up. Let's wrap it all up. Let's wrap it up. Because there are so many things we're going to drop for you today, guys. We can't wait to announce who our next can't season director wait. is. <laughs> you want Uwe so Fuck, bad, man. don't you? I mean sorry, I keep swearing heaps today. Sorry, it's my
1: pirate day. Um, it's my navy seal. Um yeah, it's I'd like to do it. I I want to do a really bad director. Interesting. There's a dream of mine to do a really bad director.
0: I, I maintain I'll do some bad directors. Yon de Bon Young Yonder not, Bond, a, bad he's not a bad director. I, but I'd like to do a mediocre director. Can I can I Julius a... came to me with a director. Did
1: he? Yeah. Oh, he keeps sending me directors all the time. Julius, man. why don't you send yeah, him me directors? he just sends, sends me directors randomly all the time. He just goes, yeah, yeah, why don't you just do this director? Okay, that's a good one. That's a huge one. I can't remember what he is now. I
0: still maintain you could do a director such as Paul Verhoeven.
1: That's it. He wants to do a Rennie Harlan season. Oh, Cutthroat Island? <laughs> That's exactly what he said. <laughs> Rennie I Harlan said, did Long I Kiss Goodnight, yeah? Yeah. I said, I'd love to do Rennie Harlan, but I would have to watch Cutthroat Island. <laughs>
0: you, you actually said it like it's a plus. <laughs> <laughs> it's been popping up on, uh, I'm pretty sure it's all over Netflix at the moment. Because Rennie Harlan did, he did Long Kiss Goodnight, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Because he married Gina Davis. Yeah, he's not a bad director. No. Oh, just, Rennie, just, great call, Julia. I Say, yeah, Great, cool. yeah. No. Same through. I think you can do something. Rennie Harlan, a Paul Verhoeven, You get a mixture of really good films in there yeah. and some mediocre that sort of keep it chugging along. I
1: think Paul Verhoeven, there'd be a part of it. I think you would appreciate his films more if you if you start to dive into his culture more. Yes. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of just humor that goes. Over our heads in some parts of it, yeah. And I think you be, we, we. I think a lot of people say that that a lot of people don't get the satire of it. Yes, they think it's a very straight. Yeah, exactly. Like Starship Troopers, people think, and they think it's probably one of the most satirical films you've ever,
0: spent, yep. ever seen. Yeah, yeah, totally. I've actually been reading up a bit lately on Fincher's Gone Girl. Have You seen Gone Girl? No. So a lot of people and Fincher himself, because he's got Mank coming out in a few weeks. Time, yeah. Which I'm very excited very for. Very excited. Uh, but Finch has actually come out and said that Gone Girl is his comedy. Oh, which wow. Which is like this, when you watch it, it's this um, sort of thriller. Yeah. Sort of who done it, And he talks about how for him he approached it as if it's his comedy. And there's all these things. When you watch it under that light, people say you can find there's so much humour hidden within the film. Oh, really? So, mm. but... It speaks volumes for how well it's made because if you didn't think along those lines, you don't ever take it that way.
1: Yeah, very true. Very true.
0: Love it. So, Craig, let's get in and let's talk. We're going to rewind all the way back to the start of the season (laughs) where we sat down and talked about what did we expect from this season. Oh, jeez, I can't remember. (laughs) So I'm really interested. Just as a little recap... (laughs) Um, we probably should just touch on a few things that have all gone down this we, year. We're in a COVID-free world. To give context, start of this season, COVID nineteen wasn't a thing. It wasn't. It was not around. No, I don't think. Yeah,
1: it wasn't even popping out anywhere. You
0: know. No, I think we got seven episodes into the season before yeah, COVID exactly. yeah, popped up I think and nothing. Shut nothing out. was
1: going on. People. They hadn't even heard about it, a dude hadn't even eaten a bat yet. Or fucking whatever it was. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Excuse you know, me. Or the Chinese, the Chinese stuff. virus, whatever your stupid crap they were. Wuhan flu. <laughs> Wuhan. That guy's an idiot. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's
0: um yeah, it was nothing it was a nice world. It was. It was a simple time back then. It, it was. It was a very simple time. We then had to work out how the heck do we do a podcast? That normally we would sit in a lounge room together chatting. Yeah, exactly. And so we did that via technology. Yeah. We had a little hiccup in one of our episodes. Oh, we did, didn't we? But that's okay. Listen to it again the other day. Yeah, it's not great audio. We I apologize know, for Jeff that. Off. I know. It pisses Jeff off I love I audio can imagine
1: quality I can so bad. In Jeff's perfect world... I would go back and re-record my audio. <laughs> I can just uh, imagine? If Jeff was a multi-millionaire, we had all this time. Jeff would pay me to sit down and re-record that whole audio. He'd bring
0: a I, transcript out. And yeah, I'd have to redo. I've actually whole transcribed audio. the episode <laughs> for you. Craig. That's what we're gonna do huh? now. Um, but so COVID hit, we had to deal with that. Yep. On top of that, we got a couple of weeks after COVID hit. My wife had a baby. Yeah, Woo-hoo!
1: so Harrison's
0: in the world. He's five months old today. I know. Oh Jesus! I know. How good <laughs> that photo you posted. That was beautiful. He's a cute boy. He is a cute he's a he's a cute kid. So we've had that go down. On top of that, life has just been. It feels like life is just a whole heap of good times mixed in with nut punches.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so exactly. strange, isn't it? It, it is. It's like someone's rubbing the shaft while hitting you in the nuts. <laughs> So it's sort of like that end scene of Antichrist,
0: oh, gosh. where you're getting
1: rubbed off, but she's chopping off your nuts at the same time, <laughs> and so you've got that Willem Dafoe look where you you you're sort of like you're in ecstasy, but you know your balls are getting chopped off, <laughs> so you're not sure what to do.
0: His eyes that's look like they're popping out at the best of times. Exactly, exactly. So, you know <laughs> he, he
1: always looks like he's got a he's got a mad hemorrhoid in the first place. But yeah, so that's it. That's
0: twenty twenty in a in a nutshell. nutshell. <laughs> that's so good. But a <laughs> I love it. So if we do think about what we expected, we definitely didn't expect well, I did expect that my son would be born. But uh I didn't expect COVID to go down like it did. No. Exactly. I didn't expect, expect cinema to be affected in such a way well I
1: didn't expect the world to start to implode yeah it's strange isn't it I know exactly so divisive man it's crazy shit it
0: is we've got there's still a lot of the year to go so (laughs) I know what's going to happen exactly
1: well look I don't think it's going to happen here in Australia but to all our you know northern listeners yeah yeah. good luck good luck (laughs) we we, We hope we hope that America shines through yeah that it finds its best self I think think it will. will I hope it does. I hope it does.
0: We've also seen this year, Craig, cinemas have taken a big hit. Yeah, exactly. I'd say the landscape of cinema has changed a lot in this year. Yeah. Who knows how it's going to pan out for the future. We went and saw Tenet in cinemas. Yep. Uh, It's really been a gamble that, by all accounts, what's reported is that it didn't really pay off. Still, so I think last I heard this week it was sitting about two hundred million dollars. It had made worldwide. Yeah. Pretty good considering there's exactly. not much of a domestic market for it. Exactly. But at the same time, it is nowhere near what they needed to make that a financial financial uh, success. Yeah. Which then sort of leads to the question: Okay, what the heck is actually going to happen for films? Because we're now at this point where we're hearing rumours of some films might get released. On streaming services That you never believed would be bought by Netflix or Yeah So Cinemas will always be there That's true
1: Because they've done well It just won't show the films that everyone wants to see Yeah It's going to show your Avengers Games. Yes You know what I mean? It's going to be those ones that are surefire hits You're not going to go see Independence anymore There's not going to be many indies on there Because what's the point? Yeah You know what I mean? Like what's It's a film will have to be and it's been going this way for ages there has to be an event film yes you know and it has to be but it's one of the reasons you know it has to be that film that will have the 7.1 that brings out that sound you know yeah, what i mean yeah. that brings out that picture that brings out this that brings out that you know what i mean that sensory explosion that yes um, that only those big blockbusters can, which is unfortunate. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've seen some amazing film, um, you know, smaller independent films in theatres, and they were great. Yeah. But I have to freely, freely admit that I could have just as happily watched those films at home.
0: Yeah, true. I uh, I was really struck watching Mulan, Yeah, that this was a film that scale needed to be on a big screen. Yeah, I think they stuffed up on that. So I, I, I guess I'm disappointed. I'm glad we saw Tenet in cinemas because – that needed to be an in cinema experience. Yeah. That film, I'm concerned if they do drop Wonder Woman on streaming services. I think they shouldn't. I think it'd be it'd be silly. I do wonder though, Craig, if we're about to. So we've got Robert Zemeckis's new film is about to be released. Actually, it should be releasing this week on HBO Max. Yeah, when this airs, and it's going to be in cinemas in Australia. Now I wonder if that's going to be the road that a lot of this goes down. So maybe someone, a a streaming service like HBO Max, pays a big fee to get the film, shows it there. But then internationally, because HBO Max isn't available worldwide, then we go and watch it in cinemas because it's safe to do so in our country. Yeah, true. So I'd be happily keeping things rolling that way. Not really keen. We watched a Nola Holmes the other night. I said, Ah, oh, so did I. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. And so. Uh, she is the oh, future. She's a superstar, isn't she? That girl she? is the future. Yep. I agree, Craig. She is going to be She future. carries that screen Do you man. know? She reminded me of a Kira Knightley with personality.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very true. And that's, you know, horrible for poor Kira, but it's true.
0: Well, Keira Knightley has something about her that can make her seem, she can be really warm at times, but she can also be very closed at times. I guess so, yeah. And that coldness that I think uh, Millie Bobby Brown doesn't have.
1: Oh, Millie Bobby Brown is just, yeah, is glowing. Yeah, she's so
0: charming in that I know, it's
1: awesome. It's very awesome to watch. It's very awesome
0: to watch. We had a great time watching it. But that was a film that was meant to be in cinemas. Oh, was it? And it was made by Relativity. Um, no, Legendary Pictures. Ah. And Legendary Pictures, when COVID all went down, went, all right, cool, let's sell some of our stuff off to some streaming services.
1: I think it'll it, it'll do better on Netflix. Me too. Heaps better on Netflix.
0: And I think it's proof that in the right circumstance, a film can exactly. do really well in it. Uh, Disney have announced that on Disney Plus, they're releasing the new Pixar film on Christmas Day ah. without it needing a premium content. I so. Would- which All one's that the jazz one? Soul, yeah. it's called. So and Pete Doctor who did Inside Out is the director of that one, so it will be pretty amazing. And probably. they're re-
1: supposedly releasing New Mutants on December
0: sixteenth. Really? Yeah. On Disney Plus. On Disney Plus. I did notice they're starting to up their adult sort of content. Not yeah. in in a sexual way, but uh, Ford versus Ferrari popped up the other yeah, day. I mean. Yeah, exactly. That look, that yeah, exactly. Go check
1: out, people. Go check out Ford versus Ferrari, man.
0: So before that's we tangent that. off too much more, that's pretty much just a little time capsule of where we're at. So yeah, people exactly. are listening back from future seasons. Uh, this is past Jeff. Just giving you an idea with my past Craig friend here. Yeah. What, what world we're living in. Hopefully it's all changed. Hopefully we're all... Out enjoying the sunshine again. Exactly. Rubbing hopefully, up on each other. Or like hopefully I'm each allowed to see my parents.
1: Yeah, that'd be, <laughs> I mean, that'd be pretty hard. Too hardcore. bloody
0: long, Craig. I oh, know. How long, long has it been? I have not seen them since May.
1: Wow, that's pretty hard, man. Yep.
0: And my sister hasn't met my son yet. <gasps> oh, that's so, horrible. Yeah. She just moved to Melbourne. Yeah, they moved to Melbourne um, during the pandemic. Damn. So they've been in lockdown the whole time. So we're hearing maybe Christmas time. Oh, good. So, yeah, pretty wild to think that we haven't been able to see our family. Just wear your damn masks, people. Yeah. <laughs> so let me see my mum. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Let's just talk about what we expected at the start of this season, Craig. If we cast our minds back, do you remember how what you were sort of expecting from the season?
1: Not at all. I can't remember. Seriously, man, this is how far back. I, I, I would assume, I'm just trying to make assumptions here, I assume I was just looking for... A journeyman director who had no real signature.
0: Yep. If I remember all the way back there, we felt like we didn't know what his signature was. Yeah, exactly. We were looking forward to finding out what that was. Yep. We knew that he had a lot of good content there. Yeah, definitely. I think as we worked our way through his filmography, we realised just how many good films he'd made. Yeah. And the fact that quite possibly Ron Howard hadn't really made a dud. Yeah, exactly. That... But in saying that, we were a bit concerned, I guess I was concerned definitely, that maybe he didn't have a great movie in him, that yeah. there would be lots of good. Yeah,
1: I thought that's what I was thinking. I was thinking there's some movies that I underestimated. Yes. And there's some very much that I overestimated.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think that's a good a good um, sort of way of looking at the season is that there are films that we really underestimated, films that we overestimated. And I, when I think back on past directors, and we'll get there a bit later on, we talked about this off-air, but I think for each of our directors, there is one or two films that you would go, they are great films. Yeah, very out true. And out and great films. So I was really concerned because I didn't think Howard had a Forrest Gump. Yeah, same. You know? Yeah,
1: same, definitely. So... I just couldn't remember it. Or, yes. or it just wasn't as fresh in my mind. It's not as clearly... Clear as, say, Forrest Gump.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think for myself, I was really hopeful that Ron Howard could become a Zemeckis level. Yeah. In in terms of how he went as a director. So we, we worked throughout his filmography all the way through. Let's just take a little moment, Craig, and let's have a look at his films. Now, I'm going to discuss each of his films yep. with you. We'll we'll just touch on each one. But what I've actually done, and we've done this in the past, is that we've worked from the highest money-making at the box office all the way through to the lowest. So not in sequential order, but basically which ones made the most money all the way down. So just throw a little guess out there, Craig. What do you think his number one film would be in terms of box office takings? Solo. Wrong. Uh. It's up there, though. Something. The number one film for, for Ron Howard is The Da Vinci Code. Ah, oh, In terms yeah. of box office I forgot that. And The Da Vinci Code Nut was a really boss. funny one. I was really hopeful with The Da Vinci Code. Same. I hoped that we were going to get this new... Almost like I wanted an intelligent Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But unfortunately... We got a bit of a snooze fest, didn't we? Yeah.
1: I got a crappy Tom Hanks film, which is the weirdest thing in the world.
0: It is,
1: isn't it? You're just like, oh, really? I'm I'm disappointed in Tom Hanks in this film? Yeah. That's what was even worse.
0: I reckon that could be one of the very few Tom Hanks films in general that you could say was not a good Tom Hanks film.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it'd be for that for Tom Hanks it'd be that and Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> oh,
0: it's been a long time since I've watched Joe versus I Hate it, Joe. Oh, and, and um, you're not too happy. You're not too partial to the the burbs either, are you? No, 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 no money no, pit. No, money pit. Yeah, That's what I was money Pit's say. The, money the one pit. that you mentioned. I Hate money pit, man. <laughs> I hate money pit. Go watch Larry Crown. Yeah, You'll I haven't happy. watched the. Yeah, I haven't you watched. You feel the yet.
1: joy? Okay, I might go watch Bar- uh Bachelor Party.
0: Bachelor Party. I've not watched yeah, that in a at long my tits. time. <laughs> awesome. That, Number two film, Craig, was Angels and Demons.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, cool.
0: So, Da Vinci Code took seven hundred and sixty million dollars. Dang. Angels and Demons took four eighty five. Oh. And I guess it was very interesting to go. Angels and Demons is the only sequel that Ron Howard's done. Yep. He's not made any. There's been many attempts to make sequels out yeah, of things. Yeah, exactly. Splash there was has had cocoon a Cocoon Part Two. Cocoon Part Two. How many splashes were there? Was two or three. Oh, I three. don't know what, was there. Three was there. Three. Tell me, there's not a kid. Probably.
1: Well, then Splash Fish returns. Then there's the, obviously there's Splash Two where she comes back and they live in a little house. And it might have been a kid in there or something like that. I oh, just saw the trailer. I don't to want it. to know like how that,
0: that works. There's a beautiful mind too. <laughs> <laughs> so number two is Angels and Demons, and I guess after the Da Vinci Code, we were really hoping for something a bit different. Yep. We wanted it to step up a little bit. Yep, we got that. It stepped up a little bit. It, it was did. better than the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, definitely. It definitely. was a good thriller. I think we at one stage called it a date movie. Yeah,
1: it, well, it was just it ticked the boxes. It was it, it was did. exciting. It wasn't crazy. I can't remember much of it, but I enjoyed it. Ewan McGregor was good. Yeah, Oh, Ewan. Love he's, it. He's going back to filming soon. Yes, Everyone.
0: he did say that. Yes. I've actually been watching his Long Way Round. Have you? any good love it craig i really love it it's so good Good he poor old 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 ewan borman
1: charlie borman charlie borman he's He's dad directing my favorite movie
0: really excalibur yeah i didn't even put two and two together oh that's the only reason i know him wow (laughs) he's an actor and they actually yeah so it's um it's on his little non-sponsor plug but apple plus has got all the all the seasons because they've just done a new one. Oh, cool! Uh, so they put the old ones on there. But Charlie Borman actually met Ewan McGregor on set of oh, what? Charlie film. Grave? No, it was a Victorian period piece. Sort oh. of that early in his career. I do how many period
1: pieces. are made in the in, and in England <laughs> keeping per the year. English uh, film industry alive. Oh man, there's probably the there's probably a millionaire who just makes those dresses and gowns
0: <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yes, you know, totally. Just loving it, just living it up. So it's really interesting, Craig, because they talk about how often one in five movies you work with people you really enjoy working with. Yeah, and one in ten you make a friend out of. Them. Ah. And so you and McGregor and Charlie Borman are on this film early in their careers and become best friends on there. Ah. Oh. And so they always talked about they'd go for motorbike rides together. That they would do a big ride together. And then they just kept escalating and escalating and their idea was to ride from London to New York. And so um, poor old Ewan McGregor, he shoots between, I think, Episode 2 and Episode 3. Star Wars Episode 2 and Episode yeah. 3. And he gets put through the ringer. Like, he <laughs> seriously, there's been moments where fuel goes in his eyes so he's had to have, like, emergency <laughs> care done. He's, at the moment, he got bitten by something on his forehead and because he's got a motorbike helmet pushing up against it the whole time it's super swollen oh. so anytime they take the helmet off he's got this monster egg on his face and he's so self-conscious because obviously he's an, actor. he's an actor and so um but they're they're going through kazakhstan at the moment the one that i'm watching and i swear that borat sasha baron cohen watched long way Round, and was like that's it i'm making a whole character based on that uh, country borat
1: Two weird trailer Hardcore,
0: hardcore, hardcore. I saw him shot up at the Pence rally, man. That is where he's got the the mask on yep. and carrying the girl. <sighs> oh my goodness! He talked. I saw Sasha Baron Cohen actually talk about two moments that he feared for his life. Yeah, and it's very rare for him to do one out of character. <laughs> so he was actually himself, and so the first one was uh, the end of Borat, where actually the end of Bruno. And Bruno, the film ends with he's had this assistant throughout the whole film. Yeah. And there's this tension between them. And so Bruno sort of renounces his homosexuality and wants to be tough. And so he goes to an MMA fight and is the announcer and he's got like handlebar mustache and a big mullet. And so he's doing that. And then the assistant comes and tracks him down and they end up like fake fighting and just making out for ages on the floor and it gets so hardcore that people start throwing their chairs into the ring because it's oh, in the south so and so sasha baron cohen actually talks about the fact that during it he could see the chairs flying so he was like rolling around on the floor with the dude in order to protect him but on film it looks like they're just like making out passionately but the the other one was for borat too and he actually, I don't know if you've seen the, the viral footage, but he dresses up in a fat suit like a uh, farmer. Yeah. And he has a country band that plays at a Trump oh. rally. Oh, and yeah. he sings a song. And supposedly they stormed the stage. And he's heaps racist. It's a heaps racist song. Oh, it's so catchy too, hey. Oh. The video is so catchy. But he sings this song and gets the crowd to shout things out. And they're all like, you know, it's pretty horrible, like, You know how easy but that's the that's the whole point. Yeah, that's exactly right. What their actual real agenda is, yeah. And there's things that are said like Hillary Clinton, what we're gonna do, knock her up like we used to do, and things (laughs) like that. You know, people shout that out. But so he had backstage an ambulance on standby in case something happened. And he actually talks about they got the band and him into the ambo and we're about to take off. And, um, with automatic weapons, guards stormed the ambulance and ripped the door open, and he actually had to like fight them out of like basically fight them <laughs> off the ambulance because they wanted to like kill him afterwards. <laughs> so pretty wild. he's he's crazy. Uh, getting back to Ron Howard, though the number three film for Ron Howard's box office career, Craig yeah, solo a Star Wars Yay! story I loved it. That I was loved good
1: fun it so much he's good fun.
0: $393 million. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, we had a great time talking about it with Glenn. He really gave us great insight. Oh, man, Glenn was
1: awesome, man. Glenn's a hardcore
0: dude. Yeah, love it. So put a cool photo up this week of him. Didn't yeah, you that was it? cool. With fight. his little motorbike yeah, gear looking like fancy. a stormtrooper. trooper. Love it. Number four. This one blew me away a bit because of how old the film is and oh. the fact that it earned so much money. So I'd love to know what it would have done in this day and age yeah. if it was the same. But Apollo thirteen was his fourth highest grossing film. Oh. At three hundred and fifty five million dollars. This was peak Tom Hanks. This was peak Tom Hanks. Very much so. The number five episode was featuring our own Evie Reed. How the Grinch Stole Christmas oh, with $345 million. Piece of... Pretty crazy. Green turd. The number six film was A Beautiful Mind. Yep. Good. Russell Crowe, Paul Bettany, Jennifer Connelly. Oh, what a cast. Yeah. We were joined by John on that. Oh, we Craig's were. Craig's brother John joined us. That was John a wild one. Us. $313 million. That's pretty good. Pretty damn good. We had a great time talking that film and... From memory, it was pretty high up there on our old rankings. Yeah, yeah, it was. Number seven. Bit of a surprise packet for me. Ransom. Ransom three hundred and nine million
1: dollars. I know, which is pretty good. But once again, as we were saying before, is it's um I think that's a Mel Gibson film. Yes. You more are than right. a Ron Howard film. I do. And it was Mel Gibson at his peak. So like it the was. Tom Hanks at his peak Apollo thirteen type thing yeah this is definitely
0: Gibson reuniting with Rene Russo too. Oh, I know oh, yeah. there was a lot of hype around that that
1: was that is hype man they've got awesome chemistry they and do. played that out in that film
0: yeah totally uh I do love too, it got how to dip his toe into that dark territory yeah very he true. may not have done it successfully i th- I remember we sort of didn't it felt too yeah dark. there was
1: some there was some little there was some weirdness to it, but it felt more yeah it's an action it's. But, I think Star it vehicle. did
0: lay some good foundations for darker films that he approached later on in his career. Yeah, so, true. like your Langdon films, which we get to number eight and we are sitting here with Inferno. yeah, $220 million. Nothing to sneeze at at all, Craig. No, now, exactly. And it,
1: like we said, not a bad first half of that film. Yes, yes. Like, yes. those visuals were just mind-blowing. Yeah. And it took it in places that were surprising. Yes. um, And so, it was... Not a, it was it was better than I expected. I I have to agree. Like when you get a good Macca's burger, you go, oh, "This actually tastes bad." Oh, it tastes pretty good. Holy moly, you this know, is it? fresh. Or, or 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 a good Macca's coffee, you go, "Oh, it's not bad." This <laughs> kid actually paid attention to what yeah. he's doing. Shit!
0: Wow! Wow! wow. Do they clean the machine? There you go, bro. <laughs> yeah, oil? they was to clean the thing. <laughs> you actually used in date milk? Was it in date milk? <laughs> I love it. Inferno. It was it was dark. It was. The closest thing to horror I think we'll get from Ron Howard. Yeah, shame. But again, I think it's the out of the Langdon films. It's the one where Tom Hanks is m- the most Tom Hanks.
1: Yeah, yeah, very true. You very get a true. good actor in it. Yes, exactly. It was good, and and they didn't try to play him up as. I think it was more the Langdon as well. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it felt. Yeah, like, I agree. You know what I mean? Like it, it's where he's more of, I guess, that detective. Like, then he is the superhero, action hero.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I enjoyed it. Probably not as much as Angels and Demons, but still it was good. Yeah. Number nine, I have to say this is probably one of my most disappointing films in terms of what I expected. Yeah. Backdraft. Good old Backdraft.
1: What an amazing cast, though. Oh, no, Craig. Like, if you look at (laughs) it, you know, it's such a... Stupidly huge cast. Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn, Robert De Niro, Donald Sutherland. Man, like, oh. you know, seriously. JT Walsh. JT Walsh was
0: in there. Man, That's right. you just
1: couldn't. You don't could, forget Billy. Oh, f- please. I can't stand that guy. We
0: haven't even talked Kurt Jennifer Russell Jason, yet.
1: Oh, Kurt Russell, Jennifer Jason Lee.
0: Huge cast.
1: Oh, but Billy, what a wank. So <laughs> <Seriously, laughs> you hate him, oh, Dave. I you? can't stand him, man. I, I'm really like you, what you get is if you get a picture of Alec Baldwin. And you keep photocopying it until it just—it's still the ink starts to run out and go all (laughs) shitty and stuff, and then you and you start using bad paper, the crumpled up paper because you just
0: fucking recycling paper, and that's him. It was like that's Billy. I don't know if this was the the case for you in high school, Craig, but remember the Pamela Anderson Playboy came out, and everyone—I remember the the Pamela Anderson porn. Oh, okay. Well, that's the Tommy Lee. (laughs)
1: That was hardcore, <laughs> man. Seriously, hardcore. Eh? Hardcore. I've Did, not did seen you it. never seen it? No, man. You need to watch it just for um, its impact on um, on Hollywood and porn. In what way? It, seriously, this film is hardcore. Is hardcore like it's basically Tommy Lee has like a dick the size of a bat. <laughs> it's, it's a fan. It's a, and all they do is just walking around naked. They're, they're, they're on a boat and then they start getting a blow in a boat and nearly crashes the boat like a yacht. And so, oh, it's so hardcore. Today, I couldn't watch it because I, I could just imagine that breach of privacy. Yeah. But as a childhood who, who just like, oh, Pamela Anderson, you actually
0: see her naked, you know, and da, da, da. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like something huge. I can remember that the distribution of that image from Playboy was... Someone had the magazine. Yep. They then took it to school and photocopied it. Yep. And then those photocopies did the rounds. Yes. Then someone else photocopied the photocopy. And probably by the time I got to see it, it was like, I'm not sure if it was Pamela Anderson. It could have been an African-American I lady. know, exactly. It does. <laughs> I guess I don't know. It's oh, All righty then. <laughs> and there was a silhouette of possibly a naked lady.
1: Yeah. No. I know, so boys, man, are just like, just crazy. They
0: they would whack over it, I like, just an outline. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy, isn't it? I'm pretty sure someone was selling them too and making all their uh, photocopy money back. Yeah, exactly. Um, These
1: people are probably running from government
0: now. At, num- at number 10, far and away. Oh. $137 million. I always wondered about that. Oh, it's the strangest thing. Strangest thing. I always fucking i that up. <laughs> <laughs> I... Far and Away is one of those films. There's a couple when we get to our ranking that I sort of think, oh, man, I put that way higher than I probably think in hindsight now. Oh, really? And I think Far and Away is one of those ones. I loved the scale of the film. I loved the way Howard really was. You see glimpses of Howard's modern epic epic scale that he has. And so I love it for that. But really... I don't know. Maybe I need to watch it again. But the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, yeah, it's a film. I think you're a fool. It's got Tom Cruise in it. I know. Full it of does. A tuk. It does. Number 11, Craig, <laughs> speaking of fool of a took, Willow.
1: Oh, I love it. All I could just hear is my mum's voice.
0: Oh, Willow, I
1: love this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, And Val Kilmer's in there. Oh, man. Oh, Val Kilmer. What a... What a what a shining light that I just underestimated, man. He was so good in this film. He was just—it's. I guess I underestimated how much how much more of a superstar he could have been. Yes, like you are wa- right. Watching Pre. that film, and like he was big. He yeah. was a star. You have to admit he was a
0: star. But wow, he could have just been. It's almost in a strange way the path that he took that took him to Batman. Yeah, was like this weird alternate route. Yeah, exactly. But then after Batman, he just... Well, I guess there was always a part of me that really wanted to see. I hoped that we would get that Oscar-winning Kilmer appear. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know how some
0: actors just sort of, they do that, they peter off for a bit, and then suddenly it's like, oh, there they are. I knew that greatness was in them. Yeah. But... It just never happened for Val Kilmer, did it? I, no. Admittedly, he's been unwell the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, I hear exactly. And look, it's it's also sad because he was, I think, notoriously difficult to work with. Yes. Like, obviously, that's just on set. I was never on set with him, so no. I can never say so. But, you know, that type of stuff. And he freely admits that he, he was that type of person as well, I think, from memory, because he just released his
0: um, autobiography. Yeah. Poor guy. I wish he did more. Yeah, me too. Totally. But if there is one director who can take a notoriously difficult actor yeah, and work well with them... Yeah, definitely. Howard's showing that he can do that. Oh, like yeah, incredible. The fact that he's close with Russell Crowe, who is, again, a notorious... But the difference between Russell Crowe and Val Kilmer,
1: though, is, you know, is talent. Russell Crowe is a far more talented Yeah, actor. exactly. You know what I mean? You can, you're yeah. willing to put up with um, Crowe's shit because he can make... A, a scene of just putting making a cup of coffee into something Oscar worthy, yes, you know what I mean. And so, yeah, no.
0: well, he'll drop a beautiful mind and you just realize yeah, exactly. how great an actor yeah. he is, don't yeah. you? Like Cinderella Man, yeah. I, I appreciate that a <laughs> lot more, yes. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. It's coming up. Number 12, though, is Parenthood.
1: Ah, uh, what a now that was my surprise of the season, yes, that's my big surprise of the season. I really love that film more than I possibly thought I could. Like, that's got a soft spot for me now. Yes. Like, it always has in a Steve Martin way, because we're yep. big Steve Martin fans. But this film just, yeah, obviously being a parent myself now, there's just so much more to it. There's so much more comedy to it.
0: It also, for me, cemented what I think is one of Howard's traits and i think all his films have an undercurrent of family relationships definitely definitely and i think parenthood was the moment that i went okay here's something that we're going to get in all howard films yeah and you know it's always about the relationship between family members
1: and it was Bubba bubbleu yep yeah see and that's one of the best things i get to say bubbleu with an actual straight face and talk about someone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's an amazing, yeah, it's, probably, it's an amazing. You can't help mental. picture a giant bear. Can I know, you?
1: same, same. Just the guy going, I've got a, I've got a
0: family picture. <laughs> 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 so good. Uh, I did there love it. with a tuna. Enough with the tuna pics! <laughs> <laughs> um, and Parenthood, I had also not really realized the impact it had for future films with Hollywood. It's considered one of those films where people love the script. Yeah. And really took the, the model of multiple storylines coming together. Yeah, from the one
1: from the one from central spot.
0: That's exactly yeah. right. It really did that in one of the first well known places is Yeah, apparently. well they all connect. That's know? exactly right. You can always right.
1: say it's like a precursor to Pulp Fiction. There you go. Same movie. <laughs> it's, like the same <laughs> it's
0: the exact same. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> That's
1: all Quentin Tarantino did was this, he remade Parenthood.
0: Where did you get this
1: motorcycle bush? <laughs> 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 Number thirteen.
0: We talked Russell Crowe and how great he is. He returned for Cinderella Man. Yep, good
1: film. Amazing damn. film. Man, damn it! Just and once again, big surprise. Renee Zellweger. I oh. Just, I must have been stupid and just overlooked how good she was in that film.
0: I got given a uh, shout-out to Mark, if you're listening, uh, from 2NUR. Hey, Mark. We've been, been doing the radio. It's still going, loving it. But he gave me a bag of movies that he'd had that he was going to get rid of. Got Judy sitting there. Can't wait to watch it. I oh, I heard really? Renee is amazing in it.
1: Yeah. Look, saying that also, though, I want a big shout-out to... Have we done Beautiful Mind yet? Yeah. Yeah. A big shout-out to Jennifer Connolly as well. Oh, Gorgeous. Fantastic. No, but just fantastic. Yeah. Just fantastic. We watched I forgot to say how amazing she is in that
0: film. Evie and I watched Labyrinth again the other day. Yeah. It's one of her favourite little films. She's on a real David Bowie kick. Proud oh, parent. good honour. Good honour. Uh, but we watched. Going to watch The Last Man on Earth, eh? And. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> The Man Who Felt Earth. Man Who Felt. I knew exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but Jennifer Connelly is so good at such a young age in that. Oh, film. man, she's just.
1: She is like, she's pretty much like um, Ron Howard. Yes, Just raised in the system. Yeah, mm. but thriving in it. Yeah, they they had a picture of the young boy now, out uh, of the the baby in it.
0: No, I sent it to you. Yeah, that's right. You sent it. Yeah, shit. There because you go. I went down the rabbit hole watching yeah. Labyrinth yeah. and found out that he's actually one of the sculptors for Leica Studios. Yeah, awesome. And worked on all the Leica films. Coraline What's and What's the next? Leica Paranorman. Film? Uh, ooh, don't know, Craig, to be honest. I'd yeah. have to do a bit of research. Yeah, I know. I'm sure, sure they've got coming something coming up soon. They've got something coming.
1: Yeah, exactly. I have a feeling they've got to deal with one of the streaming services. Because they did the Missing Link. Which wasn't bad, man. I haven't seen it. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's one of the it's not hardcore like her. Yep. But it's it's still more
0: family friendly.
1: Yeah, it's but it's still oh it's still within the vein. It's still very much within the vein. Interesting. Like and it still has that mad adult tone. Yeah. Like the adult issue and it's really actually more I think about it, no, it's a really damn good film. Zach Elephant is funny. Hugh oh should check it. is just this deeply flawed character.
0: Oh. Like this
1: adultly flawed character.
0: I'm going to check it. Yeah, you
1: got to check it out, man. Like, I mean, I love him. We oh. just watched um, Carter watch Caroline again the other day.
0: I've not seen Box Trolls, so I really <gasps> oh, need to oh see Oh, really? Box oh, Box Trolls. <laughs>
1: Gentleman.
0: Hey, at Bomber number 14, Box Craig, is oh, Chris Hemsworth, Daniel Bruhl, the famous Formula One rival. Oh, yeah, loved it. Rush.
1: Loved it. So good, good, wasn't man. it? And now ever since I've just watched it on YouTube and stuff, yeah, I keep getting all this Formula One stuff on my YouTube.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Oh, i know. lucky l- you.
1: Let me tell you, YouTube, I don't care about Formula One. <laughs> I don't really give a shit. And, and Daniel. Look, I don't want to see Nicky Louder anymore. I don't. <laughs> I really don't. His <laughs> testicle head just freaks me
0: out. His inspiration for Deadpool?
1: Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, hardcore, hardcore.
0: <laughs> That's terrible. That's one of those ones that I'll regret saying later. Yeah, you probably will. I feel sorry for Nikki. That's all right. Nicky. That I love him, man.
1: He was 400 million pounds when he died.
0: Very well off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, great episode though. Yeah. I love, it made me very excited for when Peter Morgan got involved with films. I was really excited. He oh, also yeah. wrote Frost Nixon. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, jeez. So showing, very much showed that when Ron Howard has a really good script, again with A Beautiful Mind. When he's got a great script under his belt, he can bring something amazing to it.
1: Yeah, very true. I
0: think those moments where the script may not be just right is when we started getting a bit of the hmm Hmm. films. Yeah. Hmm. So Rush, check that one out. I loved it. Number 15, In the Heart of the Sea, Chris Hemsworth Returns. Yeah. Blah. Yeah. Blah. It it was good, but not great. I'll never watch it again. I don't know if I will either. Maybe I'll do a double pairing with Life of Pi one day.
1: Oh, really? Go on a oh, survival very, kick. Wow! Love and the then Pi end what it. An awesome, amazing film.
0: End it with Swiss Army Man. Oh God, <laughs> Jesus, <that's> is a cycle. <laughs> and then uh, Alive, Alive, <laughs> and Always. Just because I'll get it wrong, <laughs> like I do all the time. Number sixteen was Cocoon. Oh yeah, good, good old Cocoon. Cocoon took me by surprise. Very think, heartfelt film, man. Oh, beautifully heartfelt. And, and very
1: little sci-fi more heart than that's sci-fi. That's
0: exactly right. And I think it it's, it poses as a sci-fi film, but really what it's about is, is about the end of someone's life. Yeah, exactly. And the culmination of their story. Yeah. Uh, and it, family,
1: just like you were saying yeah, before, family.
0: Very much so. Like we could really go through, you know, even when we look at a film, Rush, is essentially about the rivalry that becomes a friendship, yep. like a brotherhood. But you also see Louder, um, you know, like
1: Louder has that family, which he obviously is and he never does. Yes, he a character Ford. Is it Ford? What is his name? Hunt. Hunt, James they, Hunt. I think I'm fourth for sorry, Yeah, and he just never gets. He never gets. He never has that family no. there as
0: well. Yeah. But you know, the reason that he's a flawed character is because he doesn't know how to do those things. Yeah, exactly. So that again, the number seventeen was Splash. Yep. Oh, John Candy, I miss you. Man. Again, the uh, one Splash is those first sort of moments where you've got the. It appeared in a lot of Howard films, which is that flawed brother. Yeah. That messes up a lot. We sort of learnt that this may be a bit closer to home along the journey. Good old Clint. Uh, He went through alcoholism. Yeah, Yeah. struggled with alcoholism. I saw a really funny little Funny or Die clip with Clint Howard this week. Oh, really? Which was he pitches, he plays someone that's going to studios pitching a reboot of Pippi Longstocking's. And it turns Pippi Longstockings into a Black Widow-style superhero. Oh, God. And um, (laughs) the whole thing, he goes and pitches it to all the studios and no one wants it. And So he gets really downtrodden and chucks it in the the bin. Yeah. And an actor comes through and picks it up and it gets made. And you see Clint as a, like, washed-up sort of bum with hair (laughs) and beard. And he sees a billboard and he's like, no. (laughs) Really, really funny. Yeah, I've seen that
1: movie twice big in the Killing household. Pippi Longstocking. Yes. Brooke oh, loves it. No. Oh, well, it's like a redhead icon. <laughs> it's huge. Before it's huge. the Weasleys, there yeah, was Pippi Longstocking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Seriously, I've watched it. I've, I've watched her with her horse that lives in the house. She's some weird. She's sort of magical, but she isn't. confuses <laughs> the shit out of me.
0: <laughs> so funny. Brooke loves it. Number 18 was an interesting one, Craig. The Dilemma. Oh, yeah no it wasn't it wasn't an interesting one it was just shit vince vaughn kevin james jenny oh, tatum no. jennifer connelly i know we are not a writer with a cast like that we should be getting something pretty darn good no no we did not no just, just slop it to me and like you know,
1: there's some funny bits i shouldn't say that it wasn't a
0: bad film but at this stage in his career, you know that Howard's got better in him. This just wasn't a Howard film. No, it was weird, wasn't it? No. Again, we did talk about throughout the season that the moments that he did star vehicles, like, yeah, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Ransom, and here, The Dilemma, which is a Vince Vaughan vehicle, you just don't get much Howard in it.
1: No, exactly. It He gets lost in yeah, it. Yeah, it it's like he loses. When a star goes crazy, he just basically, he, he can't. Keep a star in line. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: just too much. Now, these are some interesting ones going towards the back end because the 19th, one of the lower films was The Paper. Oh. I really enjoyed The Paper. I know you did. You love it. I really enjoyed it. I love, I felt like this was one of the early growing up Howard films. Yeah. In the sense that he had a, probably a more difficult concept to put on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And he executed it quite well. Yeah. I I really enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, I think he I think you're you're right. It's um he had he took like a it's like there's there's a an actual moral compass to this film. Yes. Um and it seemed a little bit more personal as well.
0: Yeah, it Mm. did, didn't it? And again, showing that a good script he generally brings quality out of Michael Keaton. He was great. Michael Keaton was great in it. He was great in it. Glenn Close. Such a good. Yeah. Robert Daval was oh great. Oh, no, jeez,
1: man. Seriously. What Even a Randy Quaid
0: was good. Good old Randy. Somehow he popped up on my Twitter the other day and he is crazy. Is he
1: still crazy?
0: Oh, oh he's I... crazier than Crazy Craig. Is he really? He's like loopy as... Really? What'd you say? Oh, he did a video that looked like he was off his nana on something to celebrate his own birthday, wishing himself happy birthday. Oh, good on him. Good on him. (laughs) I felt bad because I felt like he was having to do it because he doesn't have many people to do it for him.
1: (laughs) Well, Dennis is busy, man. He's just got remarried to like a girl who's like thirty. He's keeping busy. Yeah, he's keeping him. She would be keeping him busy. Yeah, (laughs) definitely.
0: Hey, number twenty. We had Tommy Lee Jones, Kate Blanchett, the missing, loved it. Ron Howard does a western. Man, loved it. Such a good film, wasn't oh, But, it, like, you can't
1: do wrong with that cast. Yes. Um I think they're so strong in... It's they, they're so clear in what they want from each role. Yeah. Like, especially both those actors, because they're not very... They're very picky. Yes. That
0: they would come in and almost direct themselves. But I, I have to say, Tommy Lee Jones in this is probably the most vulnerable I'd seen in a long time, if not ever.
1: Yeah, well, it, it, it does. It plays on that hard man role that he's used to playing and yes. then does a little twist on it. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I yeah, loved it. I thought it. it was really good.
0: The Missing was a great film. Now, here's a surprise packet for me, but Craig didn't enjoy it at all. It's probably our biggest disagreement this season. Number 21, Gung Ho. Gung. Working class Gun-po. man. Gung <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. No, bro. Nice, nice try. Done, um, bro. Michael Michael Keaton is going to save his small town, teaming up for a clash of cultures. Oh, look, I'll probably watch it again one day and
1: go, oh, yeah, that's not bad, not bad. Yeah. But right now, yeah, at that time, I didn't enjoy it. I did. That was
0: one of our first COVID films too. Oh, yeah. There's I a lot going it. on around probably that time. Yeah. I
1: just...
0: Number 22, Matthew McConaughey. Ellen Degeneres, man, Jenna Elfman.
1: That was a surprise to me. Ed TV. It was. I I enjoyed it a lot more than the first time I ever watched it. Me too. Me like, too. Well, oh, yeah. Once again, you could just see Matthew McConaughey just shining through.
0: He's got so much charisma. I was really blown I away. Did I watched well. the other day. The gentleman. Oh,
1: did, did, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did.
0: I it's did. good, isn't it? Is. It? it is. It is. Did you see them making a TV series of it? Oh, really? Yeah. I literally,
1: Hugh Grant started to piss me off a little. Well, he's meant to be annoying, isn't oh, he? Oh, yeah, true. But they could have toned it down a bit.
0: Uh, but Charlie everyone Hunnam's else? so good in it? Yeah. How good is uh, Colin Farrell in it? Oh, man, they're brilliant. Absolutely oh, brilliant. Loved I've it. got it sitting there to watch. I, I need to revisit it because it's so good. But, yeah, Making a Gentleman TV series written and directed by Guy Ritchie. Oh, really? Mm. Is it going to be on Amazon? Because it just I'd assume popped up on Amazon. I'd assume that's where it's headed. It just popped up on Amazon. So I hope they get the cast back. I'd love to see, even if it was more about Charlie Hunnam's character. I would, oh, Charlie I would. Hunnam's character's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. so good, isn't it? I love that he gets to be British as
1: well. You know, yes, it's exactly. Nice. I know, and, he, and he's held back, you know. They don't yeah. go for the Charlie Hunnam rage. Yeah, they you don't. Know? It's not that Jack's friggin' Sons of Anarchy rage. It's just Charlie Hunnam.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. Uh, NTV, though. At TV. we really were. I was surprised by how much I love Jenna Elfman in this. Same. I was very disappointed that she didn't go yeah. further. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like it's oh interesting. Well, she isn't she really shocked. she had so much but, presence
1: on the screen. But I think once again, because this film never went so well.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, I missed opportunity. Big time. But again, that family theme coming through. Yeah.
1: Really. Oh, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson's
0: So Woody. good. Ah, uh, Martin
1: Landau. Oh yeah, that's right. That was heartbreaking. Any scenes with him in mean, it is just freaking heartbreaking. So good. That that scene at the cemetery through the gate. Yeah, rips my heart out, man.
0: Again, though, those strange moments that you feel are studio moments. Probably the Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. Plot line. Yeah. Those those sort of moments just felt like a studio having some notes. How do we get this a bit more raunchy? How do we get people in? So yeah. it's it's a bit. Bit disappointing in that sense, but still a real surprise packet. Now, Craig, this was my one of my most anticipated films. The next one, the twenty-third highest-grossing, so the third lowest-grossing film for Ron Howard's career, was Frost/Nixon.
1: Yeah, wow! Surprising, huh? That is surprising. But I guess it wouldn't have been something that would have been mass
0: released. No, it it and based on a play. Yep. It's a political film. Yeah. You're sort exactly. of narrowing your market. Yeah. In that sense. It's not like a Blade (laughs) spin-off. That's true. (laughs) 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 Frost, I get it. You get it? I get it. it. Frost! (laughs) But I loved this film so much.
1: Oh, it's, as we could tell by our rankings, man, it's just a fantastic
0: film. And proof that Howard's still got it. And it's a film that I will watch repeatedly 100 percent. it's a film that i know uh was another one i popped on the other day have you seen the big short yes oh by adam mckay yeah yeah oh fantastic it's one film. of those films there is films that we all have in our life that once we watch it we know five minutes in we got to turn it off or we're going to be here i for love the, the big short it. it's it's, so, it's just charming, but it's engaging. It's like Vice. Yes. It's, um, I haven't seen Vice yet, but oh, go watch
1: it. it. It's same, same, same process. Oh, and have everything. to. It's like a, um, a training presentation. Yeah. That just keeps you in the and you're like, wow, well, they really do that. You yes. know, like and they turn to the camera so and everything good. like
0: that. You know, <laughs> Margot Robbie. Yeah. yeah. Now fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the bath.
1: So good.
0: But I think Frost Nixon is one of those films, just like The Big Short, where I watch it and I know that I'm gonna be there for the whole time. Yeah. Some Not get distracted. In... And it's just I know that I'll have to turn it off or I will sit for yeah. two hours and I, just watch it all.
1: Back in the old days whenever you'd turn on an old Star Trek next generation. You're watching two minutes then the end. up watching the whole friggin' thing. Yeah, I yeah. don't even know what in the context of the storyline, but I just had to watch it. I don't need to. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so good. Yeah, we just love Frostmix. The second lowest highest grossing film for Ron Howard was On the Night Shift. On the Night Shift. His man, second film. Michael that seems Kate like a world away, doesn't shines,
1: it? Shines, man. He does, doesn't he? Shines. He you does. Tell why they're just like, yeah, let's put our money behind that dude
0: totally he has so much like screen presence there yep he just eats up any moment that he's in front it's, of the camera. It's,
1: it's so hard you can tell there's such got such screen presence when they're written to be the annoying character but they don't really come across as annoying
0: well henry winkler becomes the annoying one exactly and so that's that's when you really know you've got a star on your hands yeah don't you? exactly and he goes on to work with him numerous times after that but I didn't mind Night Shift at all. Now, the final one, his lowest grossing film was Grand Theft Auto. His first film? Yep. Very interesting. We'll talk about it in a minute when we get to our comparison of his first film to his last film, (laughs) which is is pretty wild. But again, I remember it being a very... I was quite surprised at how adept a first film it was.
1: Yeah, I, I was very surprised at the scale. Yes. For a kid who was like 13 at the time when he directed it. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? You just yeah. go, oh, that's
0: just amazing that he actually done all that. Yes, totally, Craig. Totally. And when you compare it to some of the first-time films that we've watched in the past, you know, like your Blood Guts, Bullets and Octane, yep. which was Joe Carnahan's first film. This which was, had like
1: one car in it, and this yeah. one has like 12.
0: And, but this was so well, like it was a cohesive film. Yeah, At no point were you like, I would have thought this was his second film.
1: Yeah, exactly. I would have thought that as well, definitely.
0: And so it's it's really surprising how good a film it was for a yeah, first film. Very happy. So and I'll tell you what I feel feel about it watching it a second time around <laughs> in a moment. So Craig That is his entire filmography, twenty five films. Wrap it up. All wrapped up totally. He's taken $4.3 billion at the box office. Yay! Good on you, Ronnie. It actually has him at, I think he's the 13th highest director of all time at the global box office. It's pretty damn good. Now, I think that's really important to think about too in the context of he has not had a billion dollar film yet. And when you think about your number one, is you've got I think Peter Jackson might be number one. Maybe the Russo's are number one now Ooh. following all the oh. end games. But your your say your Peter Jackson's your Russo brothers, your James Cameron. There's multiple the billion dollar films in there. Spielberg's up there as well. And so Spielberg's interesting though, he's not had those billion dollar films. Yeah, he's often had his six hundred million dollar films consistently. So, But for Ron Howard, considering he's only had one film over $500 million, he's doing really well. He's a consistent moneymaker. He's a moneymaker, yeah. And we've talked about one of those things that we sort of picked up as the season's gone on is the fact that towards the back end of his season, I don't think it's so much about making films anymore for the passion of the, the craft. You mentioned it, and I love it, Craig, that this almost got to this point now where he's making films for the business side of it, yeah, keeping imagine entertainment going, really bringing in dollars smartly for most films he's
1: the he's that businessman who who jumps into the work he wants and everyone,
0: yeah, 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 so good, so Craig, that is his entire filmography. I hope people at home have enjoyed us talking about them, yeah. Yeah, I I look,
1: seriously, as much as I um, bitch and moan, I've enjoyed it. It's been Me a great. Too. He's been great.
0: I don't think, like, aside from the length of the season, yeah, which becomes tiresome, because for yeah. us, this has been probably eight months worth of work.
1: Yes, and us just constantly saying the word Ron Howard.
0: Yes, Ron very Ron much Ron so. Ron uh, Ron Howard. Which, again, I always struggle towards the back end of a season because I'm so excited to get going on the next one. Yeah. And so, true, very true. Um, that's always a challenge for me. So, But in it all, even in films like The Dilemma, I've not been like, I would rather do anything else right.
1: Yeah, right. same. There's not really that film where I've just blasted it. No. You know what I mean? Um, but like
0: our Crime Wave.
1: Oh, yeah, like Crime Wave. Or Blood, Guts, Bullets, and Octane. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, some of those were just horrible. But. He's, they've all been, you know, relatively good films. Watchable, at the very least. Watchable. Yeah,
0: everything is watchable. Yeah, totally. Now, Craig, at the end of each season, yep. this is our fifth go around. I
1: know.
0: We take a look, and this was the whole point of the, the podcast, Yeah, was to really take a deep look at the journey from their first film to their last. Incredibly. Now, considering we watched uh, 25 films for Ron Howard's season, Yep. His first film being Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. His last being God. solo a Star Wars story. <laughs> I it, see so much. Let's take a little look at his journey through those films as a director. And are there anything let's talk let's talk back to Grand Theft Auto.
1: Now for those that come back in my
0: our, mind. Our little idea is that we sit down, we re watch the films. Yep and watch them back-to-back. Back. So you watch his first film and his last film and really see the growth between it. Now, this is one of those things straight off the bat. There is so much growth in Howard the director between Grand Theft Auto oh, and Oh, yeah, incredibly. Like, that's...
1: Most of our directors, at six films. This is 26 films. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, 25 films
0: in between. Yeah, 25. Them.
1: And so obviously, and they're and they're not just twenty five of the exact same type of film. No, it's twenty five of just like horror. Oh, not horror. Action, um, epics, historical, yeah. period pieces, freaking comedies, wacky comedies. You know, yeah. dramas. Bang, and then suddenly, yeah, and then obviously at the end, solo. Yes, which is just. Totally mind blowing to think about how to how to compare these bloody two films.
0: It's it it's virtually impossible. I don't think there's anything that I see that I would go. You know, we talked a bit in the Zemeckis season. Yeah. There were lots of moments in those early films that you could see again later.
1: Yeah, like the use of lightning.
0: Yeah. you know,
1: um, the use of colors. Um, exactly. In those in those scenes as well.
0: And if we think about, say, our Raimi season, his tone is very present from the first film all the way to the last. Oh, yeah,
1: incredibly. You can always spot... Obviously, I think this is like we spoke previously about signatures. Raimi's signature is always will be very strong within his films. Same with Snyder's films.
0: Snyder. Carnahan, his tone was always... His signature, I would say, is more about the dialogue that accompanies his films. Almost like Tarantino does, but yeah. in a Carnahan Karni- sort of mm. way. And so it's interesting with Howard, because I can't look at Grand Theft Auto and Solo and see an underlying theme no, or signature I. or trait that flows through it.
1: Not really. Like, you could, obviously, you could throw
0: it, all, oh, you know, um,
1: two star-crossed lovers...
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, steal a car.
0: Yes, that's true, Craig. Um, oh, like you nailed it. Steal
1: a car and they get chased by... I don't know.
0: <laughs> the chase starts. The chase um, starts. I was really surprised, though, rewatching Grand Theft Auto. It was a much funnier film to me than I remembered. So going back to it, going back to it after watching Solo so soon... So we'd done our solo episode last week. Uh, to go back and rewatch Grand Theft Auto, I was like, Oh gosh, this is such a backpedaling quality. Like <laughs> such a big backpedaling well, quality. You know, it's and it's because you could tell with his budget constraints, he's
1: so contained in how he's basically yes. watching the whole film. Yeah. And how he films the whole film. And then you go to something where He's been given, well, almost been given a blank check. Yes. You know, in hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes. Where in Grand Theft Auto, he's probably got, what, 500,000 struggled where, you know, yeah. Rance <laughs> had to p- give up his house for it. You know what <laughs> I mean? Had to sell Clint's face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Put her on Japanese coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I really found it was, it was interesting though because the first watch, I didn't really get that vibe that it was like a 70s. Style comedy, yeah. It was. I think I was more so surprised by it in that first watch, that now going back, I was like, "Oh, this is such a seventies comedy." It is such a seventies, but it also
1: has a little throwback to like those fifties. Um, yes, you know, like big race comedies in you know, yeah. the world, racing around the world, or that Mad 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 Mad. It's a Mad 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 world. Those types of thing. It has those little throwbacks to those. And so, yeah, it's uh, – and I'm still disappointed there's no
0: tits in the film. It just seems <laughs> like a film that just – It's asking for it, isn't
1: oh, it? Oh, no, it just – I would have just bet money on it. Yeah. You yeah, remember yeah, – the poster's name attached to it. Yeah,
0: and the poster, yeah. man. You see, like, people flashing in the poster. You go, this film's going to have tits well, in it Well, even sure. the trailer was cut in a way that it made it feel like – you know the yeah. waterfall around, wonderful around, and then they're making out, yeah. and you go, "Oh wow, this is going to be raunchy." Yeah, exactly. You but know, really, no, no, not at all, not so, at all. So really interesting. Uh, then going on to watch Solo again,
1: yeah, which is just a classy man. Like seriously, like even in, even in Star Wars world, everyone's impeccably dressed. They are. You know what I mean? Like, it's a classy, it's a classy part of Star Wars world. These are fashionable, um, like, because I started watching, because it made me start, when I started watching Rogue One. Oh, again. yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's just because they're battle-worn guys and these are just, like, gangsters and stuff like that. Yeah, impeccably dressed.
0: Oh, uh, I was something that really surprised me in it was I didn't expect, generally watching the films again. Yeah. Can be a bit of a challenge because yes. we're getting to the end of a season. You've watched just far apart. Yeah, that's right. And but the last movie has been a challenge for me because generally we've watched it Not the week before. Ago. Yeah, exactly. And so I was really worried then going to watch it that I actually probably would start seeing flaws in the film. And Kathy Lee walked in and she said, Are "You watching Solo again?" I'm like, oh yeah, watching it for the the podcast, the first and last thing. She's like, oh okay, what are you thinking? And Craig, I was so on board the second time around. I flat out loved it. I think I think one of the main parts of
1: it, um, and give credit for it, is Glenn. Yes, Do you know the I mean? knowledge that he yeah, gave us exactly, and the just that and the hindsight around these things, you just. Like, yeah, man, I got caught up. Yeah. I want to watch it again. I want to watch it through a Star Wars eyes because sometimes we w- we obviously watched it through the Ron Howard eyes and then watching it again through a Star Wars eyes. It's such a such an underrated film in the Star Wars catalogue. So um,
0: so much more action-packed than I remember.
1: Yeah. Poor girl, Um, I've forgotten the character's name, but yeah, they're, they're selling her toy for only like seven bucks now. Kira. Kira, yeah. Oh. Akira. Yeah, I saw I keep seeing it in Big W. I'm always tempted to buy it. Because She's Because it's cool. like the last one hanging there.
0: Just a Kira oh. doll.
1: I was like, oh, I should buy it.
0: Oh, uh, I really Takata. I really it was funnier this time around. It was more action packed this yep. time around. I just was I was so caught and in He it. comes across better. Doesn't he want? Yes, what? It comes across heaps better. So I'm really excited. He's got a new show coming out this week. Actually, tonight. Oh, yeah. He's Brave New World. Brave New World, yeah. Looks awesome, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does look awesome. He's like the rebel. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. But Solo actually was, for me, I had more fun the second time around. And it's probably one of my favourite Star Wars films. It's just so much damn fun. I think it's... Uh, and it's one of those
1: things. and the same way with Rogue One. There are times where you just want to be in that world, but you don't want to have to be around a Skywalker.
0: Yes.
1: You know what I mean? And and I'm like, don't get me wrong. I love the Skywalkers. Me you too. Know, but they're a bit melodramatic. That family. Too you much know, they don't drama. Need to put up with their shit a lot. You yeah. know, I just want to see what happens to everyone else.
0: Yep, totally. And mm. it's uh, seriously, I was so happy, and so much so. I probably could go back and watch it again,
1: which is incredible. Like I said, it just made me want to go out and watch Rogue One. It's
0: so good. And so I guess normally we would have so much to say about the first and last films. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot to say about them together. we are too far apart. They're They're too far apart. But what we do see, if we just talk Ron Howard's journey for a little bit, Craig, if that's cool is we've seen someone go from being... I loved your journeyman analogy that you gave us, which essentially is that he's become a director that can just take a project and make it into something financially viable. He knows the ingredients. He knows the kitchen tour. And Solo, I think, is the prime example that locks that down. Yeah. The fact that he had eight days from saying yes to shooting started (laughs) and he can bring such a good quality film... Considering he reportedly filmed another 80% of the film. And he brings a
1: reputation, which keeps all the actors in play.
0: Very much so. And his reputation at this point is solid for being able to come on board, have a clear vision of the film. Yep. Be able to take on board what actors are doing and direct them well. Yep. And really bring something planned and meticulously brought to screen that, He is just this director that I guess if I had a project I was struggling to get happening, if I knew I could bring Ron Howard on, I knew that film will get to screen and get to screen well. Yeah. And I think if I could say what is the journey that he's taken is the undercurrent that goes from Grand Theft Auto all the way through to Solo is, remember, he brought, grand theft auto got made and he turned up and most people were used to first time directors on a common film floundering and really struggling he came prepped planned and ready from day dot yeah and really showed leadership from the first moment that he made grand theft auto i think he has kept that going the entire way through he's reliable reliable and i think a business manager yeah from the get-go yeah and he brings that to filmmaking. He, he, he is. And I guess there's probably a part of him
1: that will sort of hold that be against him though. Yes. I think he's a brilliant manager, a brilliant director. Yes. But there needs, and you see it, there needs to be now more part of him that's an artist. Yes. So where Zemeckis, I would say Zemeckis has gone more into the He's an artist Yes um, And obviously Like I said Beautiful mind Frost Nixon You can't Not notice that There's a great artist there Yes um, It's just You can't say Unless it's part of Someone else's property Ron Howard ha- Doesn't have A Forrest Gump in his No He doesn't have A Back to the Future in his No You know I mean He hasn't made that icon No that iconic film. You know what I mean? Look, let's even say it and it's horrible to say, even Evil Dead. Yeah, totally. You know, you know what I mean? Like these are movies where you're just that are iconic yes. films. Iconic films. You know, look, hey, let's 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 say, you know, if you want to say the Snyder Cut the Snyder Cut is. Yeah. Uh, Snyder Cut, just League will be iconic. It'll be something to remember for the rest of the world.
0: But Snyder uh taking that out of the picture has three hundred. Yeah, exactly. Three hundred which,
1: which broke broke moulds, you know yes. what I mean? Like just you know, and even um Dawn of, the dead. Yeah. Is Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Dawn like of the get, Dead? Yeah, Dawn of the Dead. Uh even Dawn of the Dead broke molds. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. that's what I wanted more. Of. Um, I guess that would have been awesome to
0: find that film. Yes, with. I agree, Craig. I totally agree. And it's so we're so close to getting it. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. You know, it's still in there because you see moments of it in Rush and Frost Nixon. Yeah. So it's not like we've got the back end of his career is all fluff. Yeah.
1: But it it looks like he's 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 doing too much more um picking up yeah than building
0: yeah yep I agree Mm. he's well he's become so good at being able to pick up a project and run with it and make it work yeah that when the moment comes like the missing he was working on a western yeah and the moment that he couldn't do what he did he just found another western and ran with it and it's a great skill to have but Oh, it's a profitable skill to have. And Hollywood needs that skill. I guess just thinking out loud, Craig, it becomes about a man's passion for a genre rather than his passion for the film. Yeah. And that's why you probably get, we felt something was missing in, in the heart of the sea. Yeah. His passions for the survival genre rather than the actual
1: yeah film itself. No, very true. Awesome one.
0: And, and, and so you probably get that, Again with the dilemma. He tried to show his passion for the comedy genre and you just didn't get what you got yeah, with exactly. his earlier he, comedies. He
1: needs more he needs more of his passion project. Yeah. Which I'm hoping he'll be the elegy is.
0: I hope so too. I'm gonna come out and say it'll be a good film. Yeah. It'll be a really good film. But I don't think it will be. I think this is this it's too easy to take over. Let's see. We'll as a, as a book that's Rudy. being adapted, but I really hope it's going to be there. Hillbilly Elegy, we'd hoped would be a part of this season. Yep, but it just got pushed back a bit in its Netflix release schedule. Scheduled for November. We'll get to what directors are up to in a in a bit, but we will bring you a little something on Hillbilly Elegy when it's when it's Sh- dropping. Boy. So Craig, we've sort of talked the first and the last film. We've talked his whole we've filmography. Gone through, yeah. Overall, I'd love to know what do you think?
1: Oh, I uh, like I said before, he's he's a damn damn great director. Yeah, his impact on Hollywood will never be as widely known as other directors. Yes, um, but I guess within Hollywood, people would understand him. You totally, know, people would understand his impact. Um, yep, yeah. damn damn great
0: director. I agree. He's a director that he's going to have his films will always be the thing people remember as opposed to people remember Zemeckis' films but they also remember Zemeckis. Yeah, exactly. I think he will always be remembered as Opie. Yeah. Or Richie Cunningham. Yeah. And these films people go, oh, is that that guy? Yeah. Oh, Still great films. But just not. I was really hoping we'd have another master on our hands. I know. No. And I don't think we got it. Does that mean this was a terrible season? In No way. Hell no. There are so many films here that I love. There are films here that I will watch. I've, dis- I've discovered
1: a lot. Yes. Just by watching these films.
0: And I think if we talk about... We've talked about the, the podcast being the ultimate film school for you and I. Yeah. If there's a lesson that I've taken out of this is in a sense, it's how to make good films. What I hope that we would get is how to make good films whilst remaining passionate about the project. Yep. And my takeaway from this is probably comparing this to say our Mecca season. Yeah. Is the gulf that's between the directors because that passion may not be quite there. Yeah, exactly. But I think The artistic passion is what I'm meaning.
1: Yeah, I think the but the passion I think the passion with Zemeckis is also why how he gets misses. Yeah. Cause he's willing to take that risk. Yes. Which I I didn't see enough. Yeah. Enough. But seriously, the last film he takes a risk on is Inferno. Yeah. In my opinion.
0: But he played it safe by taking us back to where Yeah. It's safe halfway through the film. Yeah, it's exactly. if we'd kept having that tone and those those plays with the horror genre throughout the film. Would have been fantastic. It would have been amazing. Mm. It would have been amazing. It just turns
1: into angels and demons after that.
0: It does, doesn't it? And so I guess if I'm to say overall what it is, it's it's proof of what happens when playing it safe. Yeah uh, it, you you were playing it too safe. And I just wish that we probably. You're right. We, I I wish there was a Zemeckis level of risk in there. Yeah. Exactly. There's no death becomes her in here. No, no. You know. There's no contact.
1: No. There's no um. You know. There's no. Oh, what's the Denzel Washington one we were talking flight. about? Flight. Flight. Yeah. There's, there's no flight. No. You know what I mean? Like flight is a risk. It's raw, isn't it? Yeah. It? it is. It is. Yeah. There's there's nothing like that here. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's so it's so interesting, isn't it? And I've loved this season for it. Yeah, exactly. it's the fact that we could talk about it and wonder what could have been. Yeah. He's a very you know?
1: yeah, he's a very um middle director.
0: So Craig, we've come to that point of the episode. That point of, nay, that point of the season. Oh wow. Well we're gonna take one last look at the Cineful Studio Whiteboard. Cool. We have got it all set up here. Now I'm gonna rip through these. Let's rip. For Craig, we're going to rank these these films once and for all. We have a, a, a wild card up our sleeves. Awesome. I'm going to use it. Craig's going to use it today. I love it. So, for Craig, his top ten from number one is A Beautiful Mind, Frost, Nixon, Apollo 13, The Missing, Willow, Far and Away, Parenthood, Rush, Cinderella Man, and Solo, followed by Backdraft, Cocoon, Splash, EdTV, The Paper, Ransom, Angels and Demons, In the Heart of the Sea, Inferno, and The Da Vinci Code at number twenty. Rounding things out is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Night Shift, Gung Ho at twenty-three, The Dilemma at twenty-four, and Grand Theft Auto at twenty-five. Craig, what are you changing up, brother?
1: So it's a really, it's a really weird one. One that I never thought. But um, I was Carter and I was sitting down and. We started to watch How the Grinch Stole Christmas Again. Oh, no. But seriously. And and I have to be honest. I still hate it. I want to drop that down to the very last
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to Craig! drop it down to right
1: down to 25. 25. Oh, oh goodness. Piece of shit. Uh, and I never watched it. I was just trying to throw everyone off. I never want to watch that piece of shit again.
0: You didn't watch it with Carter? No.
1: Oh. I just wanted to throw people off. Good misdirection. I know. That's what I'm here for misdirection. I
0: love it. Well, thanks for that, Craig. It was a horrible film. Yep. I will admit it. I had to watch it twice. So just pray for me, people. Uh, For my list here, at number one, Frost Nixon, followed by a beautiful mind, Cinderella Man, Apollo 13, Rush, The Paper, The Missing, Solo, Parenthood, and Ed TV at 10. Then... We've got Willow at 11, Cocoon, Far and Away, Ransom, Angels and Demons, Backdraft, Gung Ho, Splash, In the Heart of the Sea and Inferno at 20. Then The Da Vinci Code, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Grand Theft Auto, Night Shift and The Dilemma. Seeing as I can't drop The Dilemma any lower than it already is. (laughs) um, But I actually am going to do something really crazy. And what I'm going to do is I was really caught up with how much I loved the second time around for Solo. And so I'm actually going to bump Solo up to number six. Oh. And I just really, really enjoyed it. I actually considered putting it up to number five above Rush. That's a damn good film, man. So actually, I'm going to put it above Rush. Oh. Purely because I just had, had such a good time and it was a real cementer for me that, out of the solo films, if I think about Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, yeah, out of those sort of films we've got, I probably will watch Rise of Skywalker one more time yeah. and then only watch it once every five or six years. Good point. But I will happily sit and watch solo.
1: That's a very good point. Yeah, very true. And very true.
0: and considering how late into the piece Howard came into things, I think the fact that, that it... We got such a good film and he made so much of it. Yeah. Just shows how good a director he is. So I'm bumping it up to five. That's where I'm going to put it. Now, Craig, we did something crazy. Yes. We decided our second season in that we would also start ranking our directors. Yes, we did. We did. Now, I've written these down. Normally, we would... Just choose our own directors. Yep. But I thought we'll keep it so we have to have... We've agreed up until last season. Yep. And I thought we'll make it a consensus that we both have to agree on where we rank our directors. Yep. So currently our number one director is Robert Zemeckis from season Yay. one. Yay! Number two is Sam Raimi, our season three director. Thank you, Sam Raimi. Number three, Zack Snyder. Good old Zachary. Season two. And Joe Carnahan at number four, who was our season four director. Now... I'd love to know, Craig, where you think Ron Howard fits on this scale. Because ranking our directors, when I think about it, I'm really unsure to put him either at number four or number two. It's sort of this weird thing where... Yeah, same. (sighs) I think both Ramey and Snyder are far bigger risk takers and bigger visionaries when it comes to directing.
1: But I think the actual filmography of Ron Howard... Yes. Like, I guess what you got to say is, does a whole bunch of good add up to
0: great? Yes.
1: Does it? I think so. Really? I think if you look at his list of films, man, think about... Okay, so here's, here's the thing. Here. is Think about... Look at um, Ron Howard's list of films... Yes, and think about your world without those films. That's true. That is a lot of good films. You know what I mean. Think about your world, the scenes, the the dialogue. Some of these things, if you oh, okay. were never to watch those films again, if you were to choose a director and you said, "Look, you can either choose Snyder, yeah, or him. Which one? You're not allowed to watch any of their films ever again. Who would you choose?"
0: Oh, I'd I'd definitely pick Ron Howard. Ooh. Mm. So, uh, and and I think that's because, yeah.
1: I guess if we look at the core concept of who we are as a podcast yes. is as a filmography, like w- like as their career, we look at a career yep. of a director. Yes, that's not true. their solo shots out, and that's where I would honestly be close to say, well. I think he sits above Snyder. I
0: would agree. I was I was worried you were gonna put him at number
1: two. Cross my mind, but man, I couldn't do a world without Spider Man movies. Yeah. It's true. I couldn't do it. I could even the Evil Dead films, man. Like the Evil Dead
0: films, yep.
1: you know, I just these are just films that I just love.
0: Yeah. I I agree. If you're putting Ron Howard at three. three. I totally agree with number three. Bing! I think I'd like to say just to your do a lot of good films make a great director? Mm. I think no, it doesn't. But that doesn't mean that he's not a really good director. Yeah, exactly, very true. And so I think in it is Snyder a great director? I think yes, Snyder is a great director. But is he a versatile one? Yeah. No, he's not. I, you know, the proof is in the pudding of Legends of the Guardian. He couldn't make an adventure kids film. So, who's? I guess it's not. I guess so much as I
1: probably misword that. So much as is it good equals great, but does consistent
0: equal great? Well, you know what I mean. Like, say, I think if I thought about it like a soccer team, yeah, or a football team, um, a team that consistently came third is still a great team. But in the end, most people get upset with the fact that they never win.
1: Yeah, true. And that, and if they never win a premiership, they're still losing.
0: That's exactly right. And I think the thing that frustrates me with Howard so much is that I think there is a great director in him. <laughs> yeah. But maybe we get so much quality that we're not seeing the great. I think Do you it, know what I mean? Yeah. Like I th- A Beautiful Mind is a great film. Oh, it is. So is Frost-Nixon. But is it the greatness that we've had previously in the podcast? When Sam Raimi is great, he is like... Yeah, is it groundbreaking? Yes. And I don't think Howard's groundbreaking. No. I've never seen a film like Forrest Gump. No.
1: I've never seen a film like Back to the Future. No. I've never seen a film like the Spider-Man when the Spider-Man first came out. Oh, and the evil death. I never saw one like 300. No. You know what I mean? No, I know someone like the great. No, you know what I mean. Um, and so yeah. if I were to pick individually, there's a lot of films that are that I would sit a lot very higher than a lot of yes. Ron Howard films. But I think
0: Ron Howard overall is three. Yeah, I think that's perfect. He's he's a. I wouldn't call him an average director. Gosh, no. Uh, but in terms of the directors we've discussed, he is mid-level yeah definitely definitely you know so i think i'm glad number three we'll pop him in there i love it craig now one little thing before we start getting to the the big part of the episode is we thought just before we get on to what we're doing next season is we'd give a little update on what are the directors up to yeah what have they got coming because there are some projects on the way for each of our directors there is robert zemeckis think we've talked about it. Do we talk Wh- about it on air or off, yeah, off air? I don't know. Got Witches The Witches HBO Max. Coming out yep. the we next
1: fortnight. On, on
0: so we've got The Witches coming. That's a bit of a surprise. It, it had been pushed to next year. Yeah. And then surprise it's there. And then a trailer. And Good old Ian Hathaway. HBO Max. Great. It's coming to cinemas in Australia. Octavia Spencer. What Looking a perfect perfect. Stanley Tucci. I love Stanley. I love him. Ah. What is Zack Snyder working on? Army of the Dead. For Netflix, that's right. That's Damn coming right. out next year. So,
1: and obviously, uh, I think there's a superhero movie coming through. <laughs> a little film. A little film, which he's going through reshoots, maybe. Yep. Yeah, that yep. little film.
0: Justice League, Looks Snyder good. cuts. I'm come. excited to watch it. Me too. Very, Very excited, excited to watch it. It. Yeah. Now, moving on to our third season director, Sam Raimi. God, who what knows? Is what is he working on? What is he working on? Oh, just a little f- film oh. called Doctor Strange. Oh, is it?
1: Is it multiverse? Multiverse of madness. Yes,
0: can't wait. You'll
1: see something pop up hardcore out of One Division. Yeah, that's why they're all they've all been held back because they're all connecting. They're all connected. The multiverse is the big the multiverse, player. and they want to get it out there before DC multiverse it as well. Yeah, the
0: the multiverse challenge has been laid down. Exactly. Thanks, Spider Man! Yay! So I can see some Miles Morales. I'm really looking forward to that. Now, Joe Carnahan, we still haven't seen boss level. Oh, I feel sorry for Joe,
1: but hey, we freaking still see Mel Gibson films popping out. I don't know, Fat the Man. Fat Man, how does <laughs> that, that look? Like, <laughs> crazy, crazy. Hilarious! Crazy! It looks like um, what is it? Um, rare exports. Have you ever seen yes. that? Yes. Yeah, it looks weird like that, where yep. it's just like this random obviously Santa Claus thing, but it's done straight as an, yeah. So it's
0: hella. it's really interesting and I look forward to seeing it just to I hope it does well so that Mel Gibson is not so much of a dirty word. Thanks Winona Ryder bringing that back again. I know. And so
1: But look let's not blame Winona Ryder. No, no he's let's he's blame, at yeah, fault. Exactly the dickhead, but he said it but yeah.
0: Dredging dredging the, the yeah, shores exactly. again. So uh we hope that Mel gets it so we can get boss level. Yeah, I want to see Boss Level. So good. I watched a trailer the other day for the first time. Superb. Loved it. Frank Grillo do. looks awesome. Gibson looks awesome. Yeah, of course. So I really want to see it. Uh, Joe Carnahan's currently filming at the moment. Grillo's in there. Jared Butler's in there. Oh. Called Cop Shop. What's it about? Don't, don't say know. a cop in a shop. <laughs> let me let me bring it up for you, Craig, so I can I can read to you what it's in about. In Australia,
1: it just means
0: police station. Police station.
1: Where is he? He's at the cop shop. Oh! Cop
0: shop. Did a he get there in the paddy wagon?
1: Cops. Yeah, be here in the paddy. Right, oh. like,
0: a small town police station becomes the unlikely battleground between a professional hitman, a smart female rookie cop, and a double-crossing con man who seeks refuge behind bars with no place left to run.
1: Ooh, sounds like assault on Precinct
0: 13. So Grillo is... I love the, a
1: smart-talking rookie.
0: That's right. Smart-talking rookie. find out she has
1: a... Background in survival tactics. That's exactly right.
0: Her dad was a uh, doomsday prepper, Navy SEAL, <laughs> or something like that. And you just go, "Oh, so that'll be that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll, that'll be fun." And she's just sassy.
1: That's right. Oh, motherfucker, you can shoot your bullets in here. That's you motherfucker, right.
0: Jesus. <laughs> uh, so that's what Joe Carnahan's working. on. Good on for. you, Joe. He's obviously had to put some of his Mel Gibson projects on hold for a little uh. bit. But we're hoping we get to see boss level. If that appears, we'll give you an episode, guys. Yeah, damn right. Don't you worry. We'll ep you out. So, Craig, it comes time to talk about next season. Next season. I'm very excited to announce Take it us. away, Rudy. I'm very excited. We have sat down at a non-sponsor. We worked out what What's our next edge? five. Oh, burger urge. That's burger right. Edge. We sat down, we discussed who our next five directors will be. We're really excited yeah. because our first one oh, is a Volume great. two. A volume two, season six, is none other than Catherine Bigelow. Boom! Not Catherine oh. Hardwick. Catherine, Catherine. Catherine. <laughs> definitely not Catherine Because I'm not watching, <laughs> fuck, twi- oh, actually I love Twilight. Sorry, <laughs> I love Twilight. I love Twilight. <laughs> Catherine Bigelow. Let's just take a look at Catherine Bigelow's Filmography. It's yeah. not a huge one. No, thank God. <laughs> it's actually, unwillingly, we have gone a different sort of tone yeah. for our next season.
1: Oh, yes, it's going to spin out. So
0: Catherine Biglow kicks off with The Loveless. Loveless. Which is actually Willem Dafoe's Will first Dafoe, film. Willem Dafoe, yep. Follows up that with Near Dark. Near Dark. Bill Paxton. Good vampire film. I have never seen it. Very much looking forward to it. Then Jamie Lee Curtis in Blue Steel. Loved it, Ron Silver. Then a huge film, Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze,
1: Point Break. Never seen it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) After that is a film that I have no clue what it's about, but Strange Days, Ray Fiennes. I loved it.
1: Haven't seen it. it.
0: God, I can't wait to
1: see that one again.
0: Yeah, I can't wait either. Then after that, The Weight of Water. Never seen it. Me either. Interesting. But I'm pretty sure
1: the weight of water is very. K nineteen,
0: the Widowmaker, oh, Harrison Ford. I'm sort of not wanting to see that. Submarines. Oh yeah.
1: What am I thinking? I was thinking of a mountain. Keep going. Yeah. The. Uh, that's uh, right.
0: Submarines. Yeah. That's right. Submarines. Yeah. K nineteen. After that, the Academy Award-winning, the Hurt Locker. Oh, fantastic. Zero Dark Thirty.
1: Pretty good. Jesse Chastain, man.
0: And Detroit.
1: Detroit.
0: Which I've never seen.
1: This, She's got no more, more, no more other ones? No, that's it.
0: That this going to be good. That is the total. This is 10 films. Can't wait to watch Point Break again. I can't wait for Point Break. I can't wait for Strange Days. I yes, can't so wait I for Near Dark. It's going to be all good. It is going to be all good. good. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, from Knowledge... Not spoiling anything, but Catherine Bigelow really takes her time developing projects. Yep. Does a lot, has a research team. Actually, in her later work, goes very much to real sources. Oh, awesome. And uh, there has been projects put on hold because of court cases from the government. So, she's had access to leaked tapes and ah, things like legend. that. So, a lot of it is considered very... Her from memory, her career starts very visceral. Yep. And remains visceral, but at the same time goes from that almost fantastical visceral yep. into very real-world visceral. Technical very, visceral. Very timely as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. We're going to start dropping that on the first week of January. yeah, 2021. <sighs> Get rid of this. Yeah. As long as the world doesn't implode by then.
1: It could could be a civil war in the States. That's right. If you're a listener to this in the trenches, hey, just keep going.
0: We believe in you. Yeah, believe in peace. Unless you're fighting for Trump. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 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 Fighting for Gilead. Did you hear about his uh, idea for announcing that he didn't have COVID anymore? Oh, God, wow. He was going to have a Superman T-shirt on and his plan was to walk up looking all frail Willy Wonka style. And then as he got to the balcony, ripping his shirt off and showing the Superman logo under his shirt.
1: I can't see how people cannot see that he's a salesman. <laughs> a snake oil merchant. Yeah, exactly. I just can't see how people can't see that. Like it's, People are saying like he's like the second coming. Yeah. Like he's making me believe, like just making me fully just get back, probably believe that he is the actual Antichrist. <laughs> It's it is plausible that he is the actual a, antichrist he's a
0: pair of scissors to the testicles
1: yes damn right they're right but without the ejaculation <laughs> without the fun part man he's just just total scissoring oh goodness and me. not in a good lesbian scissoring way oh, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> just, whoa, just, 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 just scissors to the nuts oh, oh, oh. <laughs>
0: Sorry, man. I'm dying. Well, <laughs> next season, Catherine Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow. <laughs> can't wait. Yeah, I'm can't really, wait. It's gonna I'm be awesome I'm really, really excited for that season. I've been hanging for for getting into her filmography. Same. I think there's a lot of great stuff to go for. Now, Craig. Where can people find us? Oh, man, you can go on to Twitter and Instagram. We're at
1: FFTL Podcast. Um, go on to Facebook from First Last Podcast. We've got our page on there. Um, go on there, you know, get into our comments, you know, and send us some messages. Or if you want to email us, go to info at fftlpodcast.com or go to our website, www.fftlpodcast.com.
0: Love it. All the usual things. Subscribe. Subscribe. Send us a review. Share us with a friend. Yeah, share us with a friend. We, we don't mind we being shared around. I know. Oh, share we us around. Don't mind being share shared around. Share us around. around. Yeah, the socials are really important. That'll keep you up to date with what's going on through the in-between seasons. We're going to be dropping occasional episodes through there. Yep, exactly. That you'll be able to hear. So keep subscribed so it can drop into your, to your wherever you listen as soon as it exactly. happens. But. We can't wait for you to be along for the journey next season because we are so dang excited for it. Oh, it's going to be so good. I know. It's I could write so a new good. theme song. Oh, wow. Oh, dang. Wow. Looking forward to that. So, guys, can't thank wait you. Just to talk about Counter Race. I know. It's going to be so With good. Parenthood. Patrick Swayze. Swayze. Patrick Swayze. We can talk Patrick. Patrick. Well, I could I've Patrick. had the time of my life talking oh. Ron Howard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, We have a baby in the corner. <laughs> so guys thank you so much for being along for the Ron Howard journey and the from first to last journey yeah we have had a great time doing our volume one five great directors and we can't wait for volume two to kick off damn right damn so right guys from all of us here at from first to last podcast I'm Jeffrey Reed I'm Greg Killian and we'll catch you next season see ya guys